Tonight is Wednesday, January 9th, 2019, and our message tonight is titled Commitment Issues. Ooh, I know. But before we get into that, and we're going to dive right into that soon, uh, I kind of wanted to touch base with everybody to see, man, have you guys been blessed by the words in the last couple of weeks? I mean, did that not encourage you guys to hold the word of God to a supremacy in your life? I mean, to hold on to it. Because, man, I wanted to hold on to it. The last couple of days, I've been yielding to the very spirit of God so that I can learn how to wield that very word of God. Amen? Strap that sword on. Amen. Well, um, we want to kind of start off uh, somewhere around where... Uh, Abimbola prayed. So Isaiah 55, everybody go there. Amen. So before we go to Isaiah 55, um, you might look at us and think weird that we have three different people representing different (laughs) nations. And uh, so if you think about it, you know, representing Arabs, Middle Easterns, I can... You know, be included in Africans as well. Uh, you have Rob here representing all the the white, beautiful Latinos. You know, uh, that's right. Uh, I'm not <laughs> and here you go. Here you got Chris representing the U Islands, the the Asians, and all the you know. <laughs> Listen up, U Islands. So, and that's actually part of our uh, message today, guys, is some of you guys right now having thoughts. You're thinking right now. And uh, the message is, is really your thoughts right now aligning with God's thoughts. You know, um, yeah, we might be different ages, different looking guys, but... We're not here to just bring a word for you, just expect to listen to it. But we're here coming with a word from, we know it's from the heavens. And we're expecting you guys to align your thoughts right now. Amen. And to hear from the heavens and uh, really incline it to your hearts. So let's go to Isaiah 55. And says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, when you think about that, when God himself is saying that my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Let's see what really God is talking about here. If we can put up the slide. And you'll see that the thoughts, it's not just thoughts. It includes plan. It includes imagination. It includes purpose. It includes even work. So what I'm saying here is it's not just a thought that comes to you, but whatever you guys plan. Yeah. You know, we're in a new year here, and we're expecting a lot of plans coming on a table. But is these plans aligned with God's plans? Is these thoughts that you've been having aligning with God's thought? 
And um, as we go from there, uh, we'll read Proverbs 3. Have Rob take care of that. All right, I'll see him. So everybody turn to Proverbs chapter 3. There. 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 Let's go to verse 5. There. There. So uh, Adam Bola closed out the service for us yeah. on Sunday. And uh, while he was speaking, and uh, before he began to pray, he quoted this. And it cut me to the heart. Uh, this was actually uh, one of the first prophecies I ever received. It was in between coming from the mega church, praying for God to essentially just send me somewhere to be discipled and trying to figure out where that would be. And uh, I had somebody call me from Corpus Christi where I was living before and said, I was praying and I feel like the Lord gave me this word for you. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. You see, what we've been talking about lately, and Avin Bola hit on, on Sunday closing, was that we need to be getting rid of embedded assumptions. Yeah. To yeah. truly trust in the Lord with all of our heart means that we're actually acknowledging Him in every single way. All of our decisions, the way that we feel, the thought-making processes that we have. I mean, I'm, I'm someone that I don't think that I've been wise in my own eyes until I see it in retrospect. We, we try to think about things. We try to figure them out. We look at something and we feel it. And we don't always realize in the moment we're using worldly wisdom. We're using our own fleshly desires. Yeah. We're being dragged away and enticed by our own evil desires because we have wrong vision. We need to be wise in the eyes of the Lord. A way that we can do that is out of Psalm 119, verse 105. Mm. And we've seen that written on the most, most of every Bible. Uh, Psalm 119, says what? Does anybody know what that scripture says? Your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. Yeah, I don't want to let familiarity breed contempt here. Yeah. To make our paths straight, we must always go to the Word. Yes. See, there was a man that received a word in a vision. Well, this man, his name is um, Abraham. Yeah. A special name, right? Interesting. <laughs> well, it's amazing because his name was actually changed. It was Abraham. And once he was filled with the Holy Spirit... God changed his own name to Abraham. Uh, so how many of us wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit today? I do. Because I'm, yes. really, uh, I'm really need to be refreshed today as well. And um, this message, guys, is, it's for us as it's for everybody in here. And it's for the people also that are watching. So nobody is exempted from really, really examining your heart today for this word. And uh, let me show you just an example in the word when it talks about in Genesis 13... And let's go to verse 5. And we all know this story. And I know it's very familiar. Um, this is when the herdsmen of Lot having conflicts with Abraham's herdsmen. And now there is a problem that happening that came to a conclusion that Abraham was like, Listen, I don't want to make problems between us. We're, we're family. So he told them, you choose any part of the land, and it's going to be yours. But let's see how Lot really aligned his heart. Let's see how he planned for his own. And let's see how he really, his motive, when he chose that land. So you read in verse 5. And say, now Lot, 
who was moving about with Abraham, also had flocks and herdsmen. So that's the beginning of the story. And later on in verse 10, it says, Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered. Like the garden of the Lord. Like the garden of the Lord. It's, it's something looks like it was godly plan. Mm. It seems like very close to what God actually created. And after that, it says that in verse 11, So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. You know, it's, it's amazing how close this is. Sometimes we mix the God plan, the good plan, by the godly plans. Sometimes we mix these things that we can no, 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 like no more differentiate it. Yeah. And how important it is here that we see the plan that he chose for himself. He saw this plain, beautiful, that it looked like the Garden of Eden. But it wasn't. You know, that's what always the enemy comes. When you plan for yourself or whatever decision you make, sometimes he makes it more beautiful to you that you think, oh man, this is, it must be a godly idea to do this. <laughs> but you actually haven't waited to, before the Lord. You haven't presented to the Lord and see yeah. if it's actually from him or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you see here with Abraham, he does the opposite. He doesn't care. He knows the confidence of the Lord that gave it to him already. He gave him that promised land. Yeah. And he knows where he's standing and he knows he's in God's hand, God's side. And he doesn't care about where Lot goes. Yeah. Are you confident for what God promised you? Come on. Are you confident that in every decision that you make, you know it is from the Lord? No, no. <laughs> well, that's an honest answer, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> but really, guys, like, my own, uh, I'll just share a quick testimony, quick. And it's about the, since I'm in real estate, so I'm going to give you an example of that. Me and Eve, we decided to one time to buy a home. We heard from God to move out of the garage home that we had. And clearly the word was very clear about it, that we need to move. Now the next moves was all based on what it seemed good. We made the first step right. But after that, we assumed since God clearly spoke that the next decision that we're going to make, it's ours now. Wow. We move from one home to another to another, and every time we get into the move, something fails. To the end that there is this home that came through a friend of mine, and this home was just seemed perfect. It seems like this was the home that God created for us. It yeah. looked like it. <laughs> We, we <laughs> just to show you God's grace and faithfulness in this, is that as we almost 10 days from closing, the landlord comes and say, Abraham, why don't you just think it one more time? We give her the price she wanted, and we agreed upon. Everything is already settled. We're 10 days away from closing. 
And then she comes to me and say, why don't you think it one more time? And I'm going to let you rent it the rest of the year. And if you make up your mind, you can buy it from the next year. And to, for God to be more clear, he said, you're going to rent this house for only $500 a month for the whole house. Just to show you God's faithfulness. Wow. I was not faithful in that moment. We stayed in this house two weeks. And the whole area, not just the, 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 the home, was flooded. Man. You know, sometimes we just want to go, do God's will to start. But we don't finish it the way that we started. How about you? How about you? We really have to examine ourselves today. To align our thoughts with God's thoughts. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking about it. Because I've been coming to church now five years. And I always ask myself, when I come here. Do I really have the godly thoughts behind it? Or do I just come and attend churches? Do I come and attend classes? Do I come and attend act class? What is the goal behind this? Do you, when you come to act class, guys, I know there's a lot of you in it. When you come to discipleship helps, what motive do you come with? What do you do with what given you already? As we go to the next example, let's just examine our hearts. Amen. That's a really good word, Ibrahim. Can you all turn with me to Matthew chapter 16? When you get there, turn to verse 21. You see, Peter's somebody that we can look at in the Bible and aspire to be like. Yeah. We see that he was receiving revelation that he was able to overcome and persevere even when he failed, that he was restored, and eventually even his shadow brought healing to people. In Matthew 16, verse 21, Jesus is explaining to them. He says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. How many of you in the first few years of following the Lord, how many of you actually thought you fully understood what the plan was, what was going to be carried out, and that you had everything together to be able to work it out? What happens when you realize it's not happening that way? Oh, man. You see, the very word of the Lord was speaking the words of the Lord to Peter. And Peter didn't grasp it. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. See, what we're talking about tonight is aligning our perception, aligning the way that we view things, the perspective that we have on what the plan actually is, what it feels like in our lives, how it's going to be carried out, how long it's going to take, aligning it with God's Thoughts. And remember, we learned what thoughts actually means, that it's so much more than what we think. It's our plans. It's the work. It's our imagination. It's what we're wanting to carry out. See, just a few verses earlier, Peter received a pretty big revelation from the heavens. Yeah. He received the revelation that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. That's a big deal. Come on, that's a big deal. It is. It 
Do you remember when you received that revelation? That is a big deal. Peter was zealous at times. He spoke up and he got, he got corrected quite often. It says uh, that Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. Do you think when Peter spoke that he thought it was a pretty good idea what he was saying? Do you think he was trying to be helpful to the Lord? That the things he was bringing forth, the ideas that he had, the plans that he had, do you think he thought they were good plans? You see, he didn't align himself with a godly perspective so that he could understand what the plan is was for God. He didn't align himself with what God's plan was for his son. He was trying to preserve life. That's a good thing. Let's take an illusion of the first time. Look at that. If you're there, you have no idea what the carried out plan looks like. We have the advantage of reading in the word and seeing that, yes, Jesus had to die. He had to be buried and he had to raise again. He had to. We understand that now. This wasn't fully known to them yet. How many of you would have made the same mistake that Peter made? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I would have. Yeah. You see, the good thing is we know that it didn't end there with Peter. That yeah. Peter kept trucking. He kept going on. He kept on being corrected and coming back from it. I, uh, I'm a little bit inspired by Peter. <laughs> yeah. I, think, uh, I think I can attest to the fact that I've probably been rebuked more than all of you in the church. And uh, <laughs> I'm still here. Collectively. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe not all of you. Collectively. Yeah. <laughs> All <of> you, <laughs> you see, the word of the Lord that replied, responded to Peter's wrong thoughts, because the word is always meant to correct your wrong thoughts. It's yeah. always meant to. The word of the Lord that Jesus spoke, it proved that what Peter thought was innocent, the words that he was speaking, his thoughts, were actually of Satan. Wow. That his motives were weighed and they were found wanting. Wow. And I can see so many times in my life where my motives have been weighed and been found wanting. You see, when I first got to the church, I was a little zealous, and I was very big-headed, and I was actually pretty stupid. I, uh, I, I, I fell in love with Jesus, but I hadn't been discipled. I was running after him the best that I knew how. I wouldn't say that I was a lot like Peter, but I, I did make a lot of mistakes. But what happened was I got here, and uh, I really thought I was supposed to be somewhere else at first, but the Lord corrected me and made it very clear. So I... I got back on track. I'm here. And I thought, man, I'll be here for six months, a year, a year and a half, and they're going to send me out. I was like, it's, it's going to be no time before they send me out. I know the Lord's called me, and it's going to be soon. That's funny, but yeah. how many of you have had those same thoughts? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. So that's encouraging to know that I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to encourage you, uh, Swan Team. I know you've been waiting, and I know you've heard rightly from the Lord, and you're waiting to go, and you're waiting to go. Continue to align yourselves with a godly perspective, knowing that as you stay connected, as you stay in the word, as you stay open to what the Lord has, what his word says, that he's going to direct your path in every way. Amen. Amen. Go to John 18. So here's another point of vulnerability. How many of you have had to be corrected for the same thing more than once? Oh, man. Yep. Amen. And we're still here. That's good. Yeah. In John chapter 18, verse 10, it says, Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the father has given me? 
See, this is the very same correction. <laughs> I, I think I've been corrected on the same thing more than twice before. But what I'm seeing here is that even though we can get it right once, we can have the word of the Lord correct us, we can have the pastors, the body correct us, and we can get it right and put it in the right order. We have to continue to walk in that correction, walk by the word, walk by what the spirit is leading us in. Because if not, we can end up going right back to the same thing and trying to stop the son of God from fulfilling his plan. Amen. Amen. It's a dangerous place to be. See, Galatians 3.3 says this. Are you so foolish? Having begun with the spirit, Mm. are you now trying to accomplish your goal by human effort? Wow. Wow. See, I don't know if you guys... um, have been kind of picking up on these characters that we've been discussing. See, what you see here are men of God who heard the word, right, and were committed to it. They had their own plans. They had their own intentions at times, but they heard the word and they were committed to it. They were committed to the whole entire thing, whether it it cost first dibs on an inheritance Right, Whether it costed constant rebuke and discipline, they were committed to what they saw living on earth. And so this is what we want to do. We want to make sure that you guys understand that the word is supreme. And we want to be committed to that. We want to be committed to it no matter what. We want to stand on the side of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So in John 12, and we're going to go there. And... Raise your hands if you've been in Acts class. Oh, amen. Raise your hands if you're in Acts 1. Oh, y'all got some homework. Um, See, we're going to do a little exercise here. We're going to go to John 12. And we're going to close our eyes for a second. We're going to take that illusion of the first time. And if you... If you remember what you've been taught is we're we're really going to envision ourselves at this moment, okay? Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served. While Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him, then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was, was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. You can open your eyes. Man, when you, when you envision this moment, people are preparing for a Passover. They've, 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 they've been here before. Their hearts are, are, are starting to be inclined to God's plans again, right? We're, we're seeing this. We're seeing this moment. And there in this party, man, you got a guy who was raised from the dead. Man, you think about how festive that is. And then all of a sudden, boom, man, this, something shatters. And this fragrance opens, and it fills the whole entire room. I mean, can you, can you smell that? Can you smell that? See here, it's pretty sad, though, but I, I look at what Judah says, and, I, and on some days, not this day, 
But on some days, I would have probably sided with him. I mean, I work with the needy. If you don't know, I mean, my kids are needy, you know? <laughs> and so uh, I'm just kidding. They, they like nothing because uh, they have the word of God. Uh, so, but I understand what was going on in, the, in this mind because they could probably remember this fragrance. I mean, this is probably something that's not very common. It's nard, and those are typically reserved for a certain thing. And so this fragrance erupts in the room, and you can smile, and then, hey, man, we recognize that. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's precious. Man, we could have sold that for something. And so I kind of, as a steward of God's resources right now, I'm thinking, oh, man, uh, that could have actually gone, gone to this. It probably could have helped do this. And I could find myself pretty guilty. I mean, but her plans were, were actually in line with God's plans. Okay? Let's keep going. Let's go to... Let's read verse 6. You guys tracking with us today? Yeah. Amen. But see... God knows our intentions, and here we don't really have to kind of mind the word of God to find out what the intentions really were from Judas, huh? Mm. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Oh, man, how about that? That's pretty pashat, right? I mean, that is a a pretty pashat statement we don't have to guess because we're just out there but let's keep reading okay let's read verse eight or seven leave her alone jesus replied it was intended that she would save this perfume for the day of my burial oh how about that see she also had an intention for the for the for the jar of oil and for that nard. And that was godly. She intended it for the burial of Christ. But when she encountered the very word of God and the word and the spirit and she yielded to it, she knew exactly what to do in that moment. How about you guys? Do you guys have intentions of something that's in the future that you're just saving away for? Right? But when the word of God interacts with your life right now, are you willing to give that up and, and, and just offer it as a, as, a, as a whole burnt offering to the Lord with nothing, with nothing in reserve? See, in Mark, let's go, uh, yeah, in Mark 14, and keep your finger in John. Mark 14, 8 says this. She did what she could. Jesus says she did what she could. Man, how many of us need to do what we, we can do? How many of us need to just do what we can do? Instead of waiting for the day that we said, oh, hey, you know what? I know the Lord spoke to me. My plans and my intentions are this, man. And it's going to come at this time. And we're not doing what we can do right now. Yeah. What has the Lord 
enabled you to do right now that you don't have to wait for, that he's asking you to just break this at my feet. This is what happens when you allow the very word of God to, 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 to order your plans, right? To judge your intentions so that you could commit to the whole entire thing. Yeah. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for that commitment. Amen. So church, who in here wants to be committed? Amen. Come on, that doesn't sound very convincing. Who wants to be committed? I do. Yeah, so do I. So let's begin to think about what can I do right now? What can I begin to do and change right now that's going to prove and going to show that commitment to the Lord? Turn to Proverbs chapter 16. We want to begin to get to the heart of the issue right now. Yeah. Because when someone, when someone has commitment issues, it's usually because they have a heart issue. Yeah. Yeah, say committed when you're there. Committed. Yeah. Not to the psych ward. Committed to Jesus. All right, so Proverbs 16, verse 1 says, To a man belong the plans of the heart. But from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. Amen. You see, Peter had that plan. It was in his heart, and he thought he knew what he was talking about. But as soon as the reply of the Lord's tongue came, Mm. he actually received it and began to get right. Yeah. How often are we allowing the reply of the Lord's tongue, the very words of God, to alter the plans of our heart and align them with the discerning heart of God. Yeah. We need that. Yeah. We have to have that. We love the Lord. So many of you in here, I know you love the Lord and you aspire to do great deeds for God. And so often we fall flat on our faces because we're really not sure what we're supposed to be doing. Or we come up with plans. We come up with aspirations that we think are good and they're going to please the Lord. But they're not necessarily godly. Yeah. Verse 2 says this. All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. We were uh, studying before this, and we were looking at uh, a couple of scriptures. And uh, when we got to this one, I was like, yep, that's me. I know that's me. You see, because I've been that man over and over and over again, I think my ways are innocent. I think that I know what I'm talking about. Wow. I think that I have the right plan in mind, and I'm going to have success. But what happens is the Lord's word needs to come. And it needs to change the plans of my heart so that I can begin to get the discerning heart of God. Yeah. So all a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. See, what that sounds like is, uh, oh, man, everything I, I do, I'm just going to say I committed to the Lord. I eat this meal in the name of Jesus. I do this. And actually, Paul says, whatever you do, do in, do in the name of the Lord. If you're going to do something, do it right. But what we really need to realize is when we're committing to the Lord, whatever you do, whatever we do, the plans that we actually have, it means something completely different. Come on, guys. That's the good news right here. Can we throw that slide up really quick? So when we look at this word, this is the word commit. Come on. It's galal. Kind of like that word gilgal. Uh Where the reproach was rolled away. Yeah. It means to roll, to remove, to commit, to trust. Yeah. You see, we need to begin oh, to man. roll off the plans of our own heart. Yeah. Everything that's slowing us down, that's keeping us separated from the discerning heart of God. Yeah. And allow the Lord to cause our plans to succeed, to succeed because they're aligned with his plans. They've become exactly what his plans are. Yeah. Amen. Huh. 
Yeah, um, I hope you guys haven't left John 12 too far yet. Uh, let's go back to John 12, but keep that in mind. Man, that commitment, this committing to the Lord is rolling away, rolling off the things that we understand and entrusting it to someone else, right? I mean, that's a beautiful concept. John 12, 9, 11. You guys there? Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For an account of him, many of of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in him. Man, how about that? We forgot quickly that Lazarus was even at that party, huh? (laughs) Jesus rose him from the dead. Lazarus was so committed to to what Jesus had installed that he didn't fret. He didn't, hey, um, and, you know, somebody carry me on a mat, right, and take me to Jesus because I'm surely he'll heal me while I'm sick. He didn't do that. He waited. He died. And, and Jesus spoke plainly. He's dead. Um, when you commit yourself to the point of death, you rely on re- resurrection power. Yeah. Who wants to rely on resurrection power? Yeah. I do. See, he rolled away that stone of graves. Just the presence of Lazarus alone was a grave offense. To the chief priests. It was a grave offense to them, man, about who Jesus was. And if you continue to not commit yourself, you'll actually just stay in the grave. But what I see in Lazarus at that moment was actually a grave offense. And that's what we really need to do. We need to not have a grave offense, not with one another, not with what God is doing in Rob's life, what God is doing in his life, what God is doing in our life. We cannot have any kind of offense. Right? Because that will lead us and keep us in the grave. And if we can shed those things that hold us into these places, we can actually go on the offense. Yeah. A grave off- offense. Yeah. And um, when you say roll away the tombstone, um, remember when you, Chris talked about that she, the lady did what she could do? When she broke that jars, that's what she was she could do that was in her ability to do yeah when jesus came to the same situation to raise lazarus from the dead he came to the people and say roll down that stone yeah i mean isn't it jesus could easily said with one word let this stone be rolled and it will have, would have been rolled yeah. yeah i mean he's going to raise the you know the dead to live again mm. but there is a message for us here yeah. Yeah. There's a message that what you can do, you must do first for God to be glorified in you. What is that stone that is preventing life coming from the dead? You know, uh, you would know that this is actually a word from the Lord. Yeah. When you're supposed to be meeting here and have a study together. And then I excused the study because I was committed for a dinner at the Moloch's. Come on. And then you go to be such, to encourage them or to be encouraged, to bless them or to be blessed. But I end up being blessed more than I was even intending to bless them. Yeah. Wow. 
They start talking to me about when God give you the desires of your heart and you need to trust the Lord. And she goes and says, do you know what trust means? Do you know what commit your ways to the Lord means? <laughs> it means roll away. Like the stone with the Lazarus. Do you remember that story? I was like, you're preaching what we're going to preach right now, actually. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot make this stuff up, guys. No. <laughs> when God is giving us a word, is to really, really look at it carefully. Wait your heart before it. She actually... I'll read it because it's that important to me. Yeah. Uh, the Molochs gave it to me. Psalm 37, 5 to 6. And it says, Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will do this. You guys ready to hear what He's going to do if you commit to Him? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He will make your righteousness Shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like noonday sun. Amen. Yeah. How many of you guys remember what happened in New Year's Eve? We had such an amazing layout for the year to come, and it's a year of prosperity, of righteousness, of harvest, seeing fruit. We're seeing that happen. Do you guys want to see this happen? Yeah. Well, it starts with committing. It starts with rolling away whatever is in your life right now that yeah. is hindering you from pressing in. Yes. I'm just reminded right now with Pastor Eric's message on Monday. Mm. David's brothers were in the battlefield. Yeah. And they seemed or they looked like, man, those are warriors. But only when David comes, he go and attack. He go and real become a real warrior. He's not just worried about how people will see him as a warrior or like a soldier in that battlefield. But he actually was going to do what God called him to do. You know, it's all of us here. And it's for me first. And I get so convicted sometimes that I just come to church. I come to classes. And sometimes I hit and sometimes I miss. But God called us to be here. Yes. God called us, you, and called you personally to be here. So what are you doing about it? Are you really taking every opportunity that is offered to you? Because this what is going to bring rain from heaven for the seeds to grow in you. It's time to commit all your hearts and all the stones that you have to him. Amen. 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 Oh, come on, saints. Who's ready to get more committed? <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yes. Who wants to be fully committed? Fully yes. committed. Amen. I know that we are those that actually want to be useful to God. We want to be those warriors that come to the battlefield, but don't just stand there. Yeah. That we charge the battle line. Yeah. Facing down the enemies of God, those that seek to defy his name. Yeah. I want to be that man. Yes. I see many of you and I've watched you be those men and women and it's inspired me. Yeah. I'm sure that many of those men that were watching David, they didn't think he was going to do much. But when they saw him charge oh, and man. slay that giant. Oh, man. See, that was God that gave him that victory. Mm. Yeah. So what have we been told this year? That we're going to see a year of prosperity. That doesn't yeah. mean we don't have to charge the battle line. Mm. Amen. Amen. 
See, they saw David charge the battle line. Take a rock and sling it right into the head of that enemy. Charge him down again and cut off his head. And then he picked up his trophy. You see, then the rest of the men, somehow they were, they were invigorated. They all of a sudden had zeal. Yeah. They were ready to fight. Yeah. And they ran after the rest of the enemies of God. And they began to tear them down. Yeah. See, what we want to do here is prepare ourselves to, so that when we come to the point where we have to charge the battle line, that we're not just going to be those that show up for war and stand around looking confused. Mm. We have to be prepared. We have to be ready. We have to commit ourselves beforehand to the Lord yeah. in every way. It's not going to happen on the day of battle. You have to have set your heart. You have to have set your face like flint Amen. towards your goal. Amen. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. That's a good word. When you get there, say commit. Let's go to verse 15. Amen. So in verse 15, it says this, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and correctly handles the word of truth. Yeah. How many of you want that to be you? Yes. I want to correctly handle the word of truth. Do you want to correctly handle the word of truth? Yes. Yes. Amen. You better start handling it. You better have that sword (laughs) strapped to your side. I don't want to hear you say that. And I'm saying this to myself too. I don't want to sit here and proclaim that. And not be strapped at all times. Amen. Amen. We want to be those that are approved by God. Yeah. See, in Acts 1, y'all are learning about that right now. That there was a man that was tested and approved. See, David was a man that was tested and approved by God. (laughs) Before he got to that battle line, he had been working and obeying and being someone that was obedient to the Lord's anointing. Yeah. Even before he stepped up and saw the fulfillment of the kingship that that was promised him. See, he was slaying the lion and the bear. He was guarding after his sheep. He was being prepared in every way. And the things that looked nothing like what he heard the Lord tell him was going to be. It didn't look like that. But he was faithful. Yeah. He was committed. Come on, say, I got to get more committed. I got to get get more more committed. committed. Let's go to verse 20. Let's see how we can get more committed. Amen. Amen. In verse 20, it says, In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes. Come on now. Hey, not many of us were noble when we were called, were we? Nope. <laughs> Come on. Not many of us had it going on, did we? We were from pretty lowly places. Yeah. I didn't have much to offer to the world. See, but the Lord brought us from darkness into his glorious light. Yeah. He brought us from a, a kingdom of darkness to be as ministers of reconciliation, to be warriors that are kicking down the very gates of hell. Amen. Yeah. Verse 21 says, if a man cleanses himself yeah. from the latter. He will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Come on now, who wants to be useful to the master? Who wants to be prepared to do any good work? Amen. Oh, I know I do. That's tough. That's really tough when it says any good work. Some of us, man, I don't don't know where I'm going to end up. Mm. I know that I want to serve the Lord and I want to be committed, but I don't know where I'm going to end up. How How do I get ready for that? 
we got to strap that sword to our side. Yeah. we got to constantly let it cut us, yes. let it pierce us, let it alter and change every bit of us. Amen. Allow the leadership that the Lord's placed us under to put us in right order because God is wanting us to be those that are holy, that are useful for every good work, that are instruments for warfare. Yeah. See, the Lord is a good God. See, he's, he's wanting us to be committed in every way to him. See, when we're instruments that are being prepared to do any good work, we actually have to cleanse ourselves. Yeah. We have to put ourselves through that fire, through that washing of the water. We have to put ourselves on the altar as a whole burnt offering. Come on, Acts 2 class. How about that whole burnt offering that we have to be? This yeah. isn't no partial offering. This isn't some part-time priesthood. Come on. This is a whole burnt offering that we're going to yes. bring to the Lord. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, we're going to be rolling away everything that would keep us from being useful to the master. We're yes. going to be fully committed. Come on, say, fully committed. Fully, fully committed. committed. Fully committed. Fully committed. Are the plans of your heart and the motives guided by correctly handling the word of God? Are they? Are you handling the word of God rightly? Are you committing everything that the Lord shows you to Scripture to make sure that it's actually from God? Are you making sure that you pass all of your revelation through the scrutiny of your brothers and your pastors? Come on. Are you making sure that everything you do is actually glorifying to God and not just something good? Come on, we don't want to be some philanthropical organization. We don't want to be somebody that's just going to go do good deeds. We want to serve the living God and kick down the gates of hell. Amen. Yeah. Man, that was a good word. Did that revive your soul? Yes. That revived my soul standing here. It's like, oh, man, I, want to, I need to get more committed. Um, everybody turn to Isaiah 49. Yeah. Those who are not familiar with this uh, verse, you haven't been here for the last two years. Um, <laughs> and that's not your fault. <laughs> Isaiah 49, verse 2 says this. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword in the shadow of his hand he hid me he made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver man how about that we see a process here of a uh, of commitment okay some of us might not know know what our plans are right now it might seem hidden to us can i tell you that that's okay that if you don't quite understand exactly what the lord is putting in your future that that's okay he might just be covering you right now in his hand so don't fret yeah amen he made me into a polished arrow see this word polished it's a purification process it's to purify it's not just to chip away but it's actually to purify so maybe perhaps the reason why you know um you haven't quite reached the quiver yet in the process. It's maybe because he's trying to purify some things in your heart. He's trying to roll away some of the things and saying, hey, would you trust into this process? Would you trust in me? Commit yourself fully into my work so I can make you into this per perfect workmanship. Perfectly designed to, to, to kill the enemy. A smooth stone. Who wants to be that smooth stone? Yeah. Man, I do too. That's and he concealed me in his quiver. See, I see so many different pro I see so many people here. I see so many people here in the in that process. Some people are actually in the hands of the warrior right now, ready to be launched out. Some are are in the quiver. Some are being polished and some are hidden. And but all of us are in the hands of the mighty warrior. You know what that makes us? 
sons and daughters of the living of the warrior. Amen. Man, we should rejoice in that. Is that good? Yes. Amen. So let's trust in what the Lord has for us. Amen. Speaking of sons and daughters, I don't know if you just can remember what the prophecy, what Cody just did in the worship time. Amen. And he said that some of us are wandering around, but God wants to keep you. You know, it's, it's amazing that God wants to say he's calling you son. It's God's desire. God's desire is not to torture us, guys. Yeah. God's desire is to restore us to what he created us for. God's desire is to retain us to that sonship that we had at the garden from the beginning. Yeah. You know, let's um, we'll walk through something to explain how do you get committed. How do you do that? And I know you guys know that, but it's just a refreshment to all of us and remind, to remind us of how do we do that. And uh, for the second time, Evan Bull already nailed this also, this verse in <laughs> worship. So let's go to yeah. Romans 12. Yes. When you go there, say committed. 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 That brother's committed. Man, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not confirm any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. So it takes that idea of offering our old self. Offering all what we got as a living sacrifice to the Lord. It takes that renewing of your mind daily. Yeah. You see in Romans 8 and Romans 7. The word speaks about that very clear. That there are always going to be a fight. Between your spirit and your flesh. Yeah. Always. Ask Abraham. Abraham himself, the one that was walking with God, he had to struggle with this a little bit. God promised him something and he thought he got it. But his flesh saying, "Mm, well, you have an old wife. You cannot bear you the promise that God sent you. He he probably said that, you know, I'm just giving you the, the hint. You make it in your own. You know, it takes that renewing of your mind. Yes. It takes that every day to wash your minds and your spirit and your soul with the word of God. To be able to test and see what exactly God has for you for that day. Yeah. Amen? Amen. All right, church. It's really, it's time to get committed. We're going to get committed. I was praying for you all the other day. Yeah. Uh, this is a heavy thing to be up here with these two mighty men of God in front of this wonderful, powerful body. These beautiful brothers and sisters that I love and I cherish so much. My family. Y'all are really my family. Amen. And I'm, I'm praying. And I'm like, Lord, I, I, I don't want to just bring something, Lord. I, I want to know what it is that you have for them. What is it that you want to speak to them? And I started thinking, and a couple of sermons came to mind, and I think there was a sermon, I think you preached, Wade, called uh, Stay in Your Lane. I'm like, what? what is it about stay in your lane? 
I'm uh, looking at Hebrews 12. You can go there. The first verse. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Yeah. See, we're going to roll away yeah. everything that slows us down. We're going to throw off everything that hinders. Yes. We're going to be committed to God and not to what we think we need. Yeah. Not to the plans that we think we need to put forth. Not to the ideas that we think about what it's supposed to look like. And we're going to get rid of the sin that so easily entangles. See, these sound like common, ordinary truths in the faith. We know these things. But the Lord's speaking to us. He was speaking this before I even realized what we were going to be talking about tonight. Yeah. That we need to throw off everything that hinders. See, my brothers have been telling you tonight about the things in our lives, the things in your lives, the things in the lives of the patriarchs, the things in the lives of the saints that are these great clouds of witnesses that they were able to overcome by throwing off things that hindered, by clinging to the word of God, by running and committing themselves in every way. You see, they had their hearts weighed by the Lord. They allowed the spoken word of the Lord and the word of his testimony, the, the words of his testament to actually breathe life into them so they could complete the race. See, right now, we're not in some race where we, we, we see the end of it and we get our prize and we get to cherish it here on earth. We're running a race that has eternal prospects. Yeah. See, a lot of people say this is a marathon. Chris and I were talking about it earlier. You know, it is a marathon. It's a really long race. Sometimes... I don't know. I've never really run a marathon, but I imagine yeah. if you're, if you, if you, those people, <laughs> I imagine if you're running a marathon, yeah. some way through that, you're like, this sucks. This is hard. <laughs> so you, you feel like something's weighing you down and you mm-hmm. kind of just want to give up, but we have to run with perseverance. Amen. Yeah. See, we have to get rid of everything that's tripping us up and slowing us down. Yes. Be that our own ideology, be that our own perception, be that sin. Yeah. And we have to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Oh, man. See, for some of you, what the Lord was reminding me of tonight was you just need to remember that the Lord's given you a lane. That it doesn't matter how it feels right now. It doesn't matter how hard it has been or how long you've been waiting, how long you've been running. You may be limping and barely walking right now, but you're still moving towards that finish line. And he wants to breathe life into you and put you at a full sprint again. Amen. It's time to throw off everything that hinders because God's given you a calling. He's given you that lane. Let's get running, saints. Oh, man, I want to run. Who wants to run? Who wants to win? Me. I want to win. Oh, man, running this race with perseverance. Perseverance. That sounds like endurance to me, and I'm looking for that endurance right now. Revelation 13. You guys turn with me. Revelations 13, verse 9. Tell me there when you get there. Oh, saints. It's about to get good. (laughs) He who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword he will be killed. And this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. Do you guys hear that? Oh, man. We are going to have to align ourselves with his plans and his motives and commit ourselves to that, even if it causes our life. But what's funny, it's supposed to cause us our life. See, the word is supposed to 
cut out the things that are in our hearts that are leading to death and separate that and make life burst out. Man, I want that sword to penetrate me right now. I want to yield to what the spirit is doing so that we could wield his word um, uh, rightly. See, not everybody's race looks the, the same. But everybody's race does look the same. It's the death of us and uh, the resurrection of him in our lives. Amen. That is a good word, brother. So you see, it says anyone who is to be killed with the sword, with the sword who will be killed. You see, the very word of life has already killed us. It should be putting our flesh to death daily. We should be dead men to ourselves. Yeah. Running with perseverance to the very spirit of Christ. Yeah. The same spirit that rose him from death. I want to give you all a little reminder about a, a, a character that we all love out of the word. His name is Joseph. Yes. You see, Joseph, he got a word from God. He got a word from God. In fact, he got two dreams. And they were, they were words from the heavens. And they were telling him about his future, his calling, what it was supposed to look like. Come on, how many of you, when the Lord first began to reveal to you something about your calling, you were filled with zeal and you just wanted to tell everybody. Everybody had to know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a good feeling. Yeah. Even when we're first brought to the Lord, when we're first becoming born again, as we begin to be filled with the Spirit daily, it's exciting. We have zeal. We want to talk to everybody about it. But somewhere along that path, somewhere along that race, it doesn't look the way that we thought it should look. It doesn't feel the way that we thought it should feel. It takes too long. This is a long race. I'm getting tired. I don't think, did I hear the Lord speak to me? See, we got to go back and remember the words that the Lord first spoke to us. We got to go back and remember the feeling we had, the, the way that the Lord imparted his righteousness into us. He stripped off the things that were causing death, and we submitted our lives wholly to him. See, David, I mean, Joseph, I apologize. Joseph was thrown in a pit. Yeah. He was sold into slavery. He was wrongfully accused. He fled naked. He was put into prison. He prophesied accurately and he was forgotten about. Yeah. Come on, saints. Does that sound like a sword to you? Yeah. Does that sound like there was a sword that was coming into his life and putting him to death? Yeah. Yeah. That's our destiny. That's all of our destiny. See, but he didn't give up. When every time it didn't look like the way that it was supposed to, and it never really did, <laughs> he continued on Man. and he persevered being fully committed to the Lord. See, he refused. He refused, just like, just like uh, all the saints of old that were able to come into uh, what the Lord was speaking about in Hebrews chapter 11. He was, he was the, the, the very man that was able to come and become somebody that was going to be a savior of the Lord. And these men, we look at them and we see that they're men of renown now, but it talks about that they were, they were, the, word was, the world was unworthy of them. Yeah. That they went around tattered and beaten and in a shameful way. The, the world hated them in every way. And yet these are the men that we revere. These are the men that we aspire to be like. So whenever it gets a little hard in our life, just because it didn't look the way that we wanted it to look, just because we had expectancies and, and wrong motives and our heart was slightly off with the heart of God, we should have an even greater desire to be committed to the Lord, to come back and to get it right, to align our hearts with God because we don't have it nearly as bad as they've had it. Amen. See, Joseph went off to, on to become Zaphonoth Paneah. He became savior of the world. Turn to Genesis 45, 4. Yeah. How many of you believe that Joseph was committed to the Lord? 
Nick, I know you do. It's one of your favorite scriptures, huh? So Genesis 45.4. I got to get there. Savior of the world. Yeah. It says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now, now do not be distressed, and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. See, he reached his goal. He actually hit the purpose because he was fully committed to the Lord in every way. But even more than that, he was committed beyond that. See, Joseph was so committed that his bones were carried out of Egypt. Wow. See, he was committed to death and resurrection because he had that hope in the resurrection. Oh, man. Oh, do we need some dry bones to live tonight, y'all? Yes. Oh, man, I want to get his promises. I want to put my trust in him tonight. I want to commit everything that he is doing into my life into his hands. Oh, saints, let's go to Ezekiel 37, 9 through 10. See, when, you're, when you give yourself fully to his work, what seems to be dead will come to life and it will break open the very graves that you guys stand in. Amen. Ezekiel 37, 9 through 10 says this. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, that they, would, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood upon their feet, a vast army. See, when we take off the things that are hindering us, when we roll away the stone, and we take hold of the very spirit of God. We stand up as an army ready to go on offense. Man, are we tired of being on defense? 2018, it felt like we were defending a lot of our positions here. Man, 2019, it's time to take offense. Yeah. <laughs> X, X, X1, that's for you. Play on words. But, amen. Ibrahim, you got this? Come on. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> right, if you don't, if you still don't get it, just go ask him afterwards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as we're coming to closing, guys, uh, yeah. I want to go back to Proverbs 16, 1 to 3. And I want you really to think about what was just said today. I really want you to examine your hearts right now. I know it's not the shortest message that you guys hear. But certainly it's important from the heavens for you. Yes. In Proverbs 16, 1 to 3. It says, to man belongs the plan of the heart. But from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. All a man's way seems innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, saints. 
and your plans will succeed. The Lord works out everything for his own ends. As you're thinking about this, guys, just think about the days that you chose your own plans. Think about today. What have you chosen to do that agreed with God's will today? What did you plan today that really agreed with what God's will is? You have to really make that distinction. And you have to come to that realization that is, is it my thoughts, God? Is it my plans that I'm doing right now? Or it is your plans that I'm doing? And when you commit to this by renewing your mind, the Lord will wash you. And He will make it clear to you. He will open up the eyes. And He will open up your hearts to see exactly what God is calling you to do. So you have to no longer think you are not qualified. So you don't think that you are Oh, I'm a victim of this. God wants to sharpen our sins. God wants to sharpen our weapons to go and be in the offensive instead of being in the defense. Yes. And He wants to do this with you today. See, as we have here the worship team praying, let's stand up on our feet. And really pray. Pray, Lord, examine my heart. Would you examine my heart, Lord? Lord, I don't know anymore what what to do. Would you wash me with your word, mighty God? Lord, would you fill me with your spirit so I can be able to be empowered to do what you called me to do? Today, since it is the moment. It is the moment to take that action. And to fully commit to the Lord. Fully commit to the Lord today. Church, did you hear some of the words that our team presented tonight? Here's, here's some notes that I took from tonight as we get ready to respond. Are you in the habit of being like Lot? Making your evaluation of God's will based on what you see. Are you in the habit of choosing for yourself your own way? And claiming that it's because it looks like the Garden of Eden. Church, we need to learn how to finish God's will. Is this a night that you need to align with God's mind, his thoughts, his will? Your intentions are no guarantee that you have actually found the will of the Lord. Our motives must be weighed tonight. Do you have something saved with the intention of using it later, but the Lord is demanding it of you tonight? Crushed my heart, guys things that we think that we're actually saving for the Lord. And he's saying, I didn't ask you to save it. I want you to give it. 
Do you just need to have him roll away the stone so you can walk in resurrected power tonight? As we get ready to pray, I'm going to ask Nick to come forward and pray for us this evening. This is a right word for us. We're a group that wants to be as committed as any we've ever found. And yet the Lord is the one that weighs and tests our motives. What do you need to get right tonight? What do you have that you've been trying to do and claim that it's God? And now that as you're looking at it, you're like, no, that was really just me, all me and nothing but me. As we open up the altars tonight, let's let him weigh our motives. Let's let him check our commitment. Let's let him determine the course of our heart. Nick, come forward. Open up your hands, open up your heart tonight. Respond however you need to respond. Mighty God, you said, you said, mighty God, that this year was going to be different. Lord, there are things that you are requiring of us as a body. And there are things that you are requiring of us as a family and as individuals. And mighty God, I pray that you would open up the heavens right now. Lord Jesus, that you would open up that spirit of revelation upon us tonight. Lord God, we say that we are here. We are present, Lord God, and we are waiting in eager expectation of what you're going to do in our lives. Father, we're saying, would you crush stale expectations in our lives tonight, mighty God. Father, we cannot bear to wake up tomorrow and to expect the same day that we've had in 2018. Mighty God, this is a new year. Mighty God, there are new expectations that you are demanding of us, that you're saying that we must have. Lord God, we open up our hearts to you tonight and we say, wash us once again, mighty King. Renew our expectations of you, Lord God. Would you blow our mind about what you want to do with us in your kingdom tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray.